Fred made his millions with care and frugality, but also with more than a little help from government housing programs. As Fred became more successful, he increasingly faced questions about how he ran his business. The first big fight had come in 1954, when Donald was eight years old and Fred was called to testify before Congress. A congressional committee was investigating whether Fred had misused a government-insured loan on a Brooklyn apartment project called Beach Haven. He had borrowed $3.5 million more than he needed, according to a Senate report. Trump angrily responded that the allegations had done untold damage to my standing and reputation. He testified that he built apartments for less than the loan amount because of reduced costs, not because he was trying to make an illicit profit. No charges were brought against him. Then, in 1966, Fred faced allegations that he netted a windfall of $1.8 million in building Trump Village through a state program. New York investigators said that Trump's project costs had been inflated and that he had blocked the appointment of a government official who might have opposed his plans. Trump, as he had in the Senate hearing, dismissed the complaints as nonsense, saying the profits were peanuts compared to a $60 million job. Again, no charges were brought. Fred Trump could proudly point to tens of thousands of working-class residents of Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island who lived in houses that he built or apartment complexes that he managed. Countless New Yorkers, including many immigrant families, got their start in the city in the housing on which Trump had made his fortune. Many apartment complexes were in gritty neighborhoods, often divided by race. The federal government, which helped finance many Trump projects, bore some of the blame for this balkanization. The Federal Housing Administration had all but sanctioned segregation, advising against what were euphemistically called inharmonious projects. One Trump tenant disturbed by the de facto segregation was the Oklahoman Woodrow Wilson Guthrie, or Woody, as the folk singer was known. He had moved to New York City in 1940, the same year he wrote one of the nation's most revered ballads, This Land is Your Land. Ten years later, he had moved to Beach Haven, the Trump complex a few blocks from the Coney Island beachfront. Guthrie later wrote a number of verses that suggested Fred Trump was responsible for steering blacks away from the property. I suppose old man Trump knows just how much racial hate he stirred up in the blood pot of human hearts when he drawed that color line here at his 1800 family project. For years after Guthrie left Beach Haven, Fred's company faced allegations of discrimination. Every now and then complaints would be filed with local agencies and the Trump company would agree to rent to someone who had allegedly been denied admission and the matter was settled. But by the time Donald joined the business, investigators were again monitoring the company for racial discrimination. Local activists suspected that rental agents steered black applicants away from buildings that were mostly occupied by whites. That had been a common practice in many parts of the country for years, but it had been outlawed by the Fair Housing Act of 1968. The legislation was passed during the Johnson administration, at a time when many whites were relocating to the suburbs, and minorities often moved into the city properties that whites had vacated. Concern about the issue peaked following race riots that broke out across the country after the 1968 assassination of the Reverend Martin Luther King, Jr. In 1971, 
after a major New York City landlord settled a case alleging discrimination, undercover testers stepped up their focus on Donald and Fred Trump. They quickly found evidence of what they believed to be racial discrimination. On March 18, 1972, Alfred Hoyt, a black man, heard about a vacancy at a Trump apartment complex on Westminster Road in Brooklyn. When he sought to rent the place, he was told by the superintendent that no two-bedroom apartments were available. The following day, his wife, Sheila Hoyt, who is white, was offered an application to rent a two-bedroom apartment at the same complex. Unbeknownst to the superintendent, Sheila Hoyt was a tester for the New York City Human Rights Commission, a city agency that investigated housing discrimination. Two days later, she returned to sign the lease. What the superintendent...